Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. It is a series, uh, just what it says. It's all about engaging uh, in the positivity that God has for us and disengaging with the negative that is basically all all around us. Everywhere we look, we can see it. It's happening every single day. Negative here, negative there. Uh, it really is all around us. Last week, we started with, uh, we're staying positive. And last week, we were talking about, I'm optimistic. Turn to your neighbor and say, optimistic. Optimistic is that you have a positive outlook on life. Uh, it wasn't a uh, cultural, it wasn't a psychological thing psyching you out. No, remember last week, I said this word. I said, I said, us being positive is not based on what we feel. It's based on who God is. We are positive, not based on what we feel, because how many know feelings are going to let us down and feelings are going to distract us, feelings are going to lead it, lead us way over there. It's going to be totally chaos and we go by our feelings. But based on who, who God is and what God says, that's how we stay positive. And last week was, I'm optimistic, and I shared eight things found in Romans chapter 8, Eight things, eight reasons why we need to be, we can be positive or we can be optimistic in our world full of very, uh, and a lot of negativity going all around us. Because the fact is, if you ever want to be discouraged, turn on the news. You ever want to be discouraged, look at the current TV programs that are put out, the junk that's being promoted, the things that are being, it's all around us. Negativity is literally like trying to force its way into our life. You see it in your workplace. You see it, uh, you see it in, some of you may see it in your home. You may see it in your community. You may see it in our nation. We see this negative all around us. And uh, at the beginning of this year, and as we entered in our 10-day prayer and fast, my goal in my heart was to challenge us this year, let's, no matter what, no matter what comes our way, no matter how hard life gets, let's do everything we can through the power of God to stay positive. Last week, optimistic. Today, I want to talk to you about I'm grateful. Turn to your neighbor and say grateful. grateful. I'm grateful. <laughs> uh, some people in our world today believe that it is their job in life to be the constant complainers. The Karens of life, if that's your name, I'm sorry. Uh, but I got to tell you something, I've learned something. Do you realize that the Karen is the Karen of, uh, in the female world of the complainer or the informer or the agitator, the one who always got to stick her nose in somebody? Do you realize in the, in the, in the uh, male world, it's Kevin? Don't be a Kevin. How rude. How rude. So I'm, I'm cursed with that. But anyway... Uh, some people in our world today, they almost think it's a spiritual gift, complaining. They have the spiritual gift of complaining. I mean, they can find a complaint in anything and everything around. Uh, they will find a, a reason to complain. Even on the most beautiful, perfect day, they can find something to complain about. Anybody without looking at them, anybody know somebody like that that's just a constant complainer? Go ahead and raise your hand. There's a lot more than that. Don't be afraid. They won't hate you. They're probably sitting right next to you. You might be it. Maybe it's you. That's why you're not raising your hand. You're the person. It's me. Um, complain about anything and everything. 
uh, a spiritual gift of complaining. The weather is too hot, it's too cold. Um, the temperature in the church, it's too hot, it's too cold, right? The music, it's too loud, it's too soft. It's the song selection, well, this song, I didn't like that song, it didn't speak to me. It's not my song, and so we find all kinds of complaints. People complain about everything. People complain about uh, the cars they drive, to the houses they live in, to the clothes they wear, or the clothes their spouse wears. They complain about their kids. They complain about, uh, you name it, they complain about their boss. They complain, they may be the boss, they still complain about the boss. They complain, complain, complain about everything. It's too humid. Uh, I sweat too much. Uh, all these different things that people complain about is so true in life. It's kind of like there was a farm that was on fire. And uh, the, the fire was consuming the farmhouse, and it was just up in flames. And they, they called the fire department, but the fire department wasn't responding quickly enough. And they said, well, we're going to have to call the volunteer firemen to come put the fire out. And they were like, but we don't know what we're going to get, but let's call them. It's worth a shot. Let's see what they can do. They call the volunteer fire department. They come in with their crankety, rackety old truck. And as they come and they approach the, the fire, at the, fire at, at, the, at the farmhouse, they don't stop. They just drive straight into the middle of the fire. They jump out. They're running around. They're getting hoses. They're shooting water everywhere. They're blowing it all the place. Just looks like just complete chaos going down. The farmer's like, it's done. My house is gone. There's nothing going to be left. I got these volunteer firemen. Well, they got the fire out. He was so appreciative. The farmer was so appreciative. He's like, I don't know how you did it, but I'm so grateful. I'm going to give you $1,000 to go to the volunteer fireman because of how good of a job you did by putting out the fire. I don't know why. Whoever thought on your team to drive the fire truck right in the middle of the house, it was ingenious. It was great. A little while later, a news reporter came and said, hey, what are you going to do with this $1,000 that this man gave you for putting out his fire? What are you going to do? They said, well, the first thing is we're going to put new brakes on that truck. <laughs> our, our attitude sets up the altitude in which we have when it comes to being grateful. Um, so many people all around have so many different complaints. Um, I've talked about a few. How many guys would say in here, you're an above average driver? You think you're, better, you're a good driver. You're better than others out there. You know you are because you tell them all the time in the car how bad a driver they are, right? Raise your hand if you're above average driver. Here's the deal. We all think we're above average drivers. You know why? Because when we drive, we tell other people how to drive. Pick it up, Grandpa. Hit the gas, not the brake, right? We're, we're constantly critiquing people around us. Um, here's another one. Uh, we can find reasons to complain. When you get a chance, you go out to eat, you go to a restaurant, you order this food that people are making for you, and what do you gripe about? It takes too long. What's taking them so long? Why can't they bring my food to me? Uh, you complain when the food comes, it's too cold, it's too hot, it's too spicy, this is not spicy enough. We complain about different things. Your car, your drive, you're like, my car's horrible condition. Uh, it's so old, it's rickety, I can't believe I have it. It smells weird. Listen, the smell thing is not the car's fault. Just so you know, that's you. That's all you, right? 
Complain about the house. The house is too small. The house is drafty. The house is too crowded. Complaining, complaining TV. I mean, there is no way that we could ever gripe about TV, but guess what? We do. We have TV. We have a thousand streaming services with umpteen different shows. And what do we say? There's nothing on TV. There's nothing to watch, right? Complaining, complaining. You go to a closet. You fling open the doors. Clothes fall out on top of you. There's so much clothes, and they're stacked and layered and put in colorful order, and you have, you have a system, and you look around, you go, I got nothing to wear. How am I going to go out for the day? I can't wear anything. Listen, I have not just many clothes. I have it sectioned off. Here's my fat clothes. Here's my little less fat clothes, and here's my skinnier clothes. I kind of organize it that way. I'm always trying to get to those skinny clothes. One day I'll get there. It's amazing how we are so blessed as people, here in America especially, but yet we find something to complain about. Here's, here's a statement. It's amazing how blessed we can be and how ungrateful we are. Uh, the honest truth is, and I'll tell you like this, the honest truth is many of you have been given so much and yet you find a reason to find ungratefulness someplace else. Understand that a grateful attitude, research says, grateful attitudes lead to more positive people in life. If you, are great, if you have a heart of gratitude, you'll be more generous. If you have a heart of gratitude, you'll be more encouraging. You'll be more thankful. And you'll be more positive in life because you know that you've been extremely blessed by God. And I'm going to tell a story today that Jesus, that, that's found in the Gospels about Jesus. And I'm going to talk about the difference between those who took Jesus for granted and those who were grateful. Open your Bibles. Open your Bibles today to Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 18. We're going to read several verses here uh, of an encounter that Jesus had with grateful attitude and those who took him for, for granted. Here's what it says. Now, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria Samaria and Galilee, uh, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had what? Who had leprosy uh, met him. They stood at a distance and they said in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. So let's just time out right there. Let me just talk about the scenario, set up the storyline for you. So Jesus is traveling. Um, there were these people outside of town, the lepers of the town, the lepers of the community were banished to a certain place outside of the city. They weren't allowed to be in the city. They weren't allowed to come into contact with clean people because they were known as unclean. Um, leprosy was a, 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 a skin that, that the, the skin would well up with uh, pores and would ooze different, different secretions out. It, was, it had a smell to it, like your body was decaying before your very life. That's kind of what leprosy is. Um, and what's interesting is they would sleep on, on the ground in, in makeshift tents outside the city, and there, it was nothing for a rat to come along and chew, chew a toe off or a finger. Wake up in the morning, it's gone. It was a very sick, disgusting sickness that they dealt with, and they were the outcasts of society. They were not loved. They weren't shown any affection. 
They were totally rejected by culture because culture wrote them off as dead. They're dead. This is going to take their life and there's going to be no more. Families couldn't visit them. If a father had leprosy, he was outcast from the family. If a child had leprosy, outcast from the family. They were not allowed to be in. But Jesus saw them. He heard their voice. And here's what verse 14 says. It says, when Jesus saw them, he said, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they left, say that with me. And as they left, what happened? As they left, uh, it says, they were cleansed. So, so Jesus just speaks the word. Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they begin to show themselves, they begin, the leprosy begins to be healed. What a powerful, powerful uh, analogy of the power of God. It says then this, one of them. How many? How many? How many were original? There were, there were 10, but one. Just one, what happens? One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Jesus. And he was, a says this, I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, he was a Samaritan. It's very important that we understand that Jesus was saying this for a reason because that means that the people that culture rejected, Samaritans were rejected by the Jews. They were looked down upon Jews. They were by the Jews. They were they were the second class citizens of the Jews. And yet this Samaritan comes back and thanks Jesus. And Jesus asked him, he said, Were there not all of them cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today to hear from your word, to be changed by it, to be challenged by it. God, help us to, even in our personal lives, recognize the complaining attitude that we sometimes have and switch it out for a heart of gratitude, being grateful for all you blessed us with, God. I pray you speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Ten people, one returns. Ten people healed. One gives thanks. Ten people are struck with this sickness that literally took away their life. Everything they ever had was gone. Ten people, one is changed, and one acknowledges it's not because of him, it's because of Jesus. And he returns to give thanks with a heart of gratitude. And I would dare say that unfortunately in our very American USA mindset, living in our first world country, on all the blessings that we've been given, many of us can be like the nine. Many of us can be exactly like the nine and always look for God's blessing, but never give him thanks for what he's already done in our life. Only one, only one, returned to give thanks while the other nine went about their life as if nothing really happened. Jesus gave their life back, but only one give thanks, gave thanks to the one who gave him his life back. So I want to talk to the rest of our time today. I want to give you three thoughts, three attitudes that we can have to have a grateful heart. To be grateful, we have to see some things in our own personal life 
and acknowledge what we're grateful for. Here's number one. If you have notes, write this down. Three statements that will help you choose gratitude, to be grateful. Number one, I know every good thing I have comes from God. Every good thing I have comes from the Father above. His grace, his mercy has given us. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is what? Is from, is from above. It's from God himself. Some people, when they go through hard times, they lean into complaining. When they go through sickness, when they go through financial struggles, when their lives maybe aren't quite like they want them to be or they think they should be, they lean into complaining. They become the, the, the toxicity that their soul doesn't need. Their soul needs, their soul needs optimism. Their soul needs positivity, but yet they lean into negativity. Uh, but then there's other people that go through horrible, horrible places, and I watch them. I watch them navigate, and I'm encouraged by them because they stay positive and they stay grateful. Uh, a shout out to someone that I have seen this happen to over and over again. They have had physical sickness in their life. They have faced heartache, uh, heart attacks. They have had to have body replacements and, and uh, neck adjustments and neck replacements and over and over again. Uh, and that is none of them Pastor Terry. Pastor Terry has been an encouragement to me for all these years because I have watched Pastor Terry go through sickness and ailment, and I will tell you right now, there is nobody that I've ever met in my life more grateful than Pastor Terry. I don't understand how he does it. Uh, this past year, if you, if you know anything about him, he, uh, he went through a rough last year. He not only had a heart issue, he not only had uh, some uh, challenges with his knee and with his neck and with his body, but he also came down with COVID, had to be hospitalized. Uh, he went through all this stuff. I went and visited him in the hospital, uh, and I sat there with him, and yet he stayed positive and grateful, and grateful for the life that he's had. See, there's sometimes these people that just, when you see them, you just watch them walk through it, and they stay positive, they stay grateful. And that, to me, is the secret of success. See, when you believe that the reason why you are what you are or who you are or the things you do is because of you, you've missed the whole Mark altogether. Because the fact is, we are only who we are. We are only successful by what, by what we do because of who God is. I'm going to say it again. Every good thing that I have in my life has come from God. I didn't make it. I didn't earn it. I didn't build it. God blessed me with it. And God blessed me with it. I could lose it any time. But every good gift comes from God. Noah, God gave Noah a plan. The plan was to build an ark. But God didn't just say to Noah, Noah, you build an ark, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just flood the earth. No, here's what it says in Scripture. It says, Noah built the ark, the an God sent the animals on, and then God sealed the door watertight so it would not go down, and God took care of Noah. Noah's success was not based on Noah. It was based on God. We see it throughout Scripture. The Israelites were in slavery. God delivers them from slavery. They go into the, uh, into the wilderness, and what do they do? They complain. 
God feeds them manna from heaven. They don't have to work for it. They get to eat. They get this. They get everything provided for them. And what do they do? Yet they complain. But God was the secret of their success. David takes and takes a little stone. He swings it around and lets it fly. It hits a giant between the eyes, takes him out, not because of David's success, but because God helped that stone, the trajectory of that stone, hit exactly where it needed to be to take the giant out. Mary conceives a child, not of man, but of God himself, and gives birth to the Son of God. The wise men, God provided a star so that they could find their way to successfully worship the baby, Jesus. Us, the peace that we have in our lives, the success we have in our lives, the accomplishments we have, you may think you are the reason for it, but I'm here to tell you every good and perfect gift is from God. It's from God, from heaven above. God gives you gifts, yes, God gives you talents, absolutely. But God gave them. You didn't create them. You didn't just wake up one day and say, you know, today I'm going to be a craftsman. I'm going to work wood and I'm going to make it perfect. Or today, you know what? I'm going to be an electrician and I'm just going to start working with electricity. You don't wake up and do it. God gifts you. He gifts you with the abilities that you have to do what he wants you to do so you can be successful through the Holy Spirit. He provides financially. He provides all that you need. All good and perfect gifts come from God himself. God is good all the time. God is completely good. God is consistently good. God is unchangingly good. He does not change. He is good. So therefore, every good gift comes from God above. See, if we're not careful, we'll get an attitude of entitlement where we think God owes us something. You guys know what the attitude of entitlement is. We're seeing it all around our world today. I deserve this. I, I have a right to have this. I have a right to have this. Listen, we, our rights mean nothing because only God gives the good and perfect gifts. So instead of having an attitude of entitlement, we need to have an attitude of gratitude. So the first thing is this. Know that every good thing I have in my life comes from God. The second thought I have is this. The second way that we can, uh, the st statement that will help us choose gratitude is, I will not let what I want <laughs> rob me of what I have. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Anybody out there want something? Let me see your hands. Put them up, put them up. You want something? Yeah, we all want something. We all want something. We're all looking for something in life. The problem is not that we want. The problem is when the want robs what we have, what we've already been blessed with. What I want robs me of what I have. What do I want? You may want a better car, but you better enjoy the car that God's given you now. You might want a different house, but you better be grateful for the house you have now. You might want to travel, but you might just want to be grateful that you have the capability of living where you are now. You may want different clothes, but thank God you have clothes now, right? 
You may want certain things or wish for certain things, but here's what, here's what Solomon uh, said. Solomon said, better is what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. And what he was saying was, better to enjoy what you have than to wish away for something else that may not satisfy or may not find fulfillment in the appetite you're looking for. Better what's in front of you than what you're thinking could be better. See, gratitude, write this down if you don't have this in your notes. Gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. Say it again. Gratitude turns whatever we have into just exactly enough, what we need. Gratitude turns what we have in front of us into enough, and we find blessing in it. What's crazy about this world is people are always looking for the end result to be happy. I want to be happy. I have found happy people are grateful people. People who are grateful are the happiest people on the planet because they realize their blessings come from God. Here's, here's the thing. Let me help you with some of your perspectives out there. Uh, how many of you guys would be honest enough to say that you at least get uh, two to three meals to eat a day? You get two or three meals, raise your hand, get two or three meals. Uh, how many of you get four or five? That's me right there. I'm the fifth meal guy. Uh, some, of you, some of us have more meals than what we know what to do with. Uh, how many guys every now and then you get to go to a restaurant and you get to sit down and people wait on you and serve you food? Anybody ever get to do that? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. You know, wow, cool. And then we complain about it. How many guys, how many guys have a bed to sleep in? Raise your hand. You have a bed to sleep in. How many have clothes in your closet? More clothes than you know what to do with, right? Right, right, yeah. Uh, how many of you guys, uh, how many guys have uh, have you you have a lawnmower instead of scissors to cut your lawn? You have a lawnmower? Anybody have a lawnmower? You put gas in that lawnmower, of course, or if you have the push, I don't know. Like my grandpa used to have the push turn one. How many of you guys have a car to drive? Have a car to drive? Anybody? You don't walk? I don't see any walkers here today. All right, good, good, good. Uh, how many got to have a job that pays minimum wage? Minimum wage. At least minimum wage. Okay, I'm saying, some of you are like, well, no, I get paid more. There you go, you're blessed. Put the hand up, right? We, it's all about perspective. It's all about what we see. You, you realize your phone, how many of you guys have a cell phone? Your phone does more than the first computer did that took up an entire building, does more. Pastor Terry's phone does not. It's a flip phone, strictly for calling. That's it. And he even has a problem with that. <laughs> you have more on your phone. Uh, we oftentimes replace things before they are even broken. Why? We can afford to. We can afford to replace things before they're even broken. Why? We just feel, get sick of it, we get tired of it, so we upgrade. Uh, how many of you guys feel like you have a, a healthy life? You're here today. You're breathing. Anybody not breathing here today? Okay, hopefully not. That would be a bad thing. Uh, we all have a reason to be grateful. It's all about perspective. Think your life's bad? Come go with me on a missions trip to a third world country. Come go with me to places like Belize where we built a house 
at the dump of the city, just at the bottom of the hill, the dump of the city where they burned all day long, fires all the time, and were building the house for a family of 12 to live in nothing more than a shed. What we park our lawnmowers in, they lived in. That gives you a perspective of gratitude. That makes you feel grateful. Go with me to a place where they don't have indoor plumbing and you have to dig a hole in the back and that's your, that's your, out, that's your, that's your plumbing, that's your bathroom for your life all the time. Every day you wake up, that's it. I'll take you to a place where they have dirt on the floors, where they have to sweep the dirt. It wouldn't make sense to us, but that's what they do. They sweep the dirt to at least subdue it to where it doesn't get in all, everything around them. That's why we are grateful today. But you want to know something? You go to these same places, and they don't have a lot of stuff. But what they do have, they do have good family time. They do have a good family unit. They spend time with their kids, and they invest in what matters the most. See, gratitude turns what you have into enough. It's not happy people that are grateful. It's grateful people that are happy. I want you to recognize today that every good and perfect gift comes from God the Father, and I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Here's what Paul said in Philippians 4, 11, 13. For I've learned the secret of being content, whether whatever the circumstance is. I know that it, what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or whether I'm hungry. Whether living with plenty or in want, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Until Christ is all you have, you will never recognize that Christ is all you need. Until Christ is all you have, you will never see the fact that Christ is all we ever need in life. I don't need more money. I don't need more cars. I don't need more, I don't need a bigger house. I don't need more clothes. I don't, what I need more than anything in my life is Jesus Christ. That's all I need. Every good gift, every good gift. How do we have a grateful attitude? Remember that every good gift comes from God the Father. Secondly, I won't let what I want rob me of what I have. And third thing is this, I'll turn every blessing into a praise. I'll turn every blessing I have into praise. 10 healed, one returns, nine move on in life and forget to give praise to God. One return to praise God, to give thanks. He realized he didn't deserve it. He realized he didn't earn it. He realized there was nothing in him that Jesus could. The greatest gift that Jesus gave was the power of healing in his life. And he was grateful for that healing. As Psalm 63 verse 4 and 5 says, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied. Wow. I will what? Say with me. I will be fully satisfied. 
I really believe that's the problem with us today. We're never satisfied. As Americans, as Christians, we're never satisfied. We have a constant craving for more. We need more. We're not satisfied. It says, I am fully satisfied as with the richest foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. I am fully satisfied. Enough sometimes, and all else I say, with Christ. Enough is enough. Enough shoes, enough clothing, enough cars. Are you all hearing me? Am I preaching myself? Enough's enough. See, we're never satisfied. We have this hunger, this, 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 this craveness, a desire for more, more, more. And that more makes us disgruntled. And that more makes us dissatisfied. And that more makes us ungrateful. Why? I want what I have and what they have. Oh, I'm preaching today. It's so true. It's so true. We want that car, we want that hair, we want that body. I've learned the secret, Paul said, I've learned the secret to be content. What's the secret? The secret is I die to myself and I realize that everything I need, I find in Christ, in Christ alone. Your job may not be your picture perfect job, but guess what? Be grateful you have a job instead of sitting on the employment line and worried about the bills being paid tomorrow. Your health may not be 100%, but you can go places, you can do things, you can live life. Be grateful for what you have and turn it into praise back to God. Stop, start starving the cravenous desire for more and realize how blessed you are how grateful you are. Tired of your car? Think you need a new car? Try walking. Try jumping on a bike and riding it someplace. You might get by with it for a little bit, but you'll get tired of it pretty fast. Tired of your house? Live homeless in the coldest nights of the winter. Tired? Tired of your, your job, like I said, unemployment. If you find yourself too busy, try losing your health. In a world full of negativity, in a world full of chaos, in a world that's trying to tell us more, more, more. No, no, no. I have learned the secret to be content. What is the secret? The secret is I can do all things through Christ, and Christ is all I need. He's all I need. He's all I need in life. All I need. Every good gift comes from God. We will never let what we have or what we, what we want rob of what we already have. We will thank God. And we deserve, remember to turn everything back into a blessing back to God. Last scripture I want to give to you is Psalm 103, verse 2 through 5. It says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives what? He forgives what? All my sins and what? heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Say this with me. He fills my life with good things. What does he do? He fills my life with good things. What does he do? He 
fills our lives with good things. Bow your heads with me today. Father, so many times we get wrapped up, we get caught up, we get to places where we think we need more. And that dissatisfaction that comes into our life, that dissatisfaction that, that fills, tries to fill the void, God, we become disgruntled, complaining. We crave more, but God, we need to recognize every good gift comes from you. We need to not let what we want rob us of what we've already been blessed with. And then, God, we can never forget to turn our, turn our negative, ungrateful attitudes. Instead, be grateful and turn it into praise to you. So, God, I pray, search every heart in this place. Those that today are ungrateful, those that today think they deserve more, Jesus, you gave us all we needed when you died upon that cross. And just as that scripture read at the very end, your tender mercies, your tender mercies make us new and we have everything we need because of you. And so God, I pray, speak to hearts today, encourage lives, and let them know that God, happy people are not grateful, grateful people are happy people who are grateful. With your head bowed and eyes closed, I want you just to think in your mind right now, what are you grateful for? Now, once you're right there where you're at, just begin to praise him. Just begin to thank him. Begin to thank him right there where you're at for all that he's blessed you with, just in your own way.
choose to praise to glorify glorify name of all names nothing can yes i will over us today. Let us leave this place with encouragement that, God, we're going to stay positive. We're going to be optimistic, and we're going to be grateful for all that you've done and given to us, God. So go with us, I pray, until we come together again in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. Thank you guys for worshiping today. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.